Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. We're going to talk some Japanese rugby now. And gosh, they've made some strides. The personnel that's playing in their competition is quite eye-watering. Um, you'd have to say quite successful too. I am joined now by, get this for a title, the International Media Advisor for the Japan Rugby League One. And he's a good rugby man. He's been around the game for a long, long time. Matt McElwraith. Uh, I find him in the UK because uh, he can work remotely. That's how good he is. Matt, uh, welcome in. Good to have you on New Zealand Air. Afternoon, Steffi. How's things, man? Yeah, very, very well. Um, you sent out a statistical sheet about Japan Rugby League One. It's about to get underway again. And it's quite incredible the calibre of not only players, but coaches that are taking part in the next season. Yeah, they've, they've really worked hard and the clubs are very ambitious. And I think they're, they've made the transition now from being... And a, a place where guys who are at the back end of their careers go to pretty much have the good life. Um, and it's it's a lot more competitive now, and the standard rises every year. And, and look, we saw with the World Cup final, with 14 of the, the players that started that game playing in League One, you know, that, that highlights the, the level of competition that's there now. And, and I mean, if those guys are preparing for international rugby via League One, then there's nothing wrong with the the competition that they're playing in, in terms of the, the standard. And, and that's an attraction for players. There's no doubt about that. I mean, obviously, they're well re- reimbursed financially, but there are a lot of other other big things that go into it and the competitiveness of it and the quality of the coaching are certainly among them. I mean, I doubt that Bowden Barrett and Aaron Smith would be at Toyota now if it wasn't for the fact that Steve Hansen was the director of rugby there. So, you, you know, there's no doubt that they're getting that spin-off from the from the quality off the field and, and how they look after the players. What, what's the structure of rugby in New Zealand, Matt? Because um, I'm wondering how much influence the Japanese rugby union have in the club competition. Well, they used to completely run it when it was top league and, and that finished about uh, three seasons ago now because this is the third season of, of, of League One. And the idea was just to, to get away from... Um, from it being run on a day-to-day basis by the governing body and set up as a separate entity, not completely dissimilar to the way the Premiership runs in um, England, where it's it's still associated with the, the National Union, and the National Union, for example, is providing all the referees. But the clubs have got a little bit more independence than they've had. They can do their own commercial stuff a lot more, their own marketing. Um, a lot of them have taken on regional names, a la Super Rugby, um, which was part of the... Uh, part of the, the design, for, and, a, and a number of clubs moved for that purpose. For example, uh, the Panasonic Wild Knights moved from a place called Ota to uh, a place called Saitama, and they're now the Saitama Panasonic Wild Knights. And uh, 
Pennon were another one that moved. They moved to Yokohama, and they're now the, the Yokohama Pennon Eagles. And it was all designed both, both for the identity, for teams to take on more of a regional identity. Um, obviously, the engagement and the connections for fans are a lot better um, when you've got that regional identity. But also, the aim for the competition is to uh, generate revenue too. And um, they're making important strides in, in that, that area. Uh, the crowds, after a very difficult first year with COVID, which took out about a third of the games or quarter, quarter to a third of the games. Um, you know, they've made a lot of strides from that and they're starting to get into cross-border rugby too, which is another thing that the Japanese are, are very keen on. The um, A lot of the Australian clubs have, have been playing games in the in the pre-season against the, uh, against the Japanese teams already. Panasonic were in um, Brisbane a, a couple of weeks ago. Um, but those games tend to be development players and a, a mixture and, um, from both sides, the Brumbies and the Rebels have already been to Japan as well. I think when the Chiefs and the Blues are up there, which is a, a big thing for the Japanese to have those games, mm. they'll be facing stronger, stronger sides. They're, they're, they're taking that so seriously, they're actually pausing the league to play those games. Um, and I'm sure the Japanese side will be desperately keen to put up a good showing. What's the, what's the reaction? Because there's a big reaction when we hear players like Artie and Bodie and Richie Moonga at the peak of their powers going to Japan. We're in New Zealand, um, you know, we've got Lee Halfpenny, we've had uh, Pablo Montoya. Uh, Pablo Montoya, is that his name? No, Pablo. Oh, gosh, the Argentinian played for the... Matera. 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 And he's now, he's now in Japan. Yeah. But there's been a bit of, oh, they're taking a New Zealander's place, you know, uh, we're developing other countries. I want to throw the doors open, not carte blanche, but I'd like to see a couple of big-name internationals come into Super Rugby just to give it a little bit more spark. Is there any pushback on so many internationals taking, in inverted commas, Japanese player spots in um, League One? Well, the, the Japanese have been very clever with that, and, and it spills over from, from the rules they had in the top league, where clubs are only allowed three foreign-capped uh, players in a match day squad, and only two of them can be on the field at any one time. So that's restricting... It, it's not carte blanche in terms of going and going out and buying the all-black team, for example. Um, and then you have a, a list of uncapped players, so guys that could eventually become eligible for Japan if they stay long enough, and we've seen a few of those guys running around. I mean, Craig Miller, who played for the Highlanders, is a good example of that. But clubs can only have a certain quota of those players as well, um, so that the pathways for young Japanese players are not being blocked, but what they are getting is the experience of training and playing alongside these experienced players. I mean, I can imagine the young Japanese at Toyota are going to learn a hell of a lot playing alongside Bowden and um, Aaron Smith this season. And they'll probably learn more off the field than they do on it. And that's part of the value that these guys bring and that's part of what the clubs are seeking. Is there um, unity amongst the clubs and the governing body? Um, like it's, it's torn away a little bit, but is the goal of the Japanese clubs and the Japanese coaches and owners to promote... Uh, the Japanese players to, to produce a better team or, or are the clubs really focused on the clubs? 
Uh, it's a bit of both, I think. I mean, the clubs want to do well, but they're also all very conscious of, of uh, contributing to the national team and the important role that they play. And I think the role of the clubs gets underestimated a bit. You know, obviously, after Japan beat South Africa, it was all about Eddie Jones after they beat Ireland and Scotland and qualified for the quarterfinals in, in 2019. It was all about Jamie Joseph. But the reality is the clubs are producing the players and developing them and then they get selected from that ball into the national team. And if you don't have a strong club competition, then you're not going to have a strong national team. And so it's not just the players that are that are making the difference in terms of the international players. It's also the coaches. And, and there's just a stellar cast of coaches who are either coaching hands on up there, such as Robbie Dean, such as Steve Hansen, or are doing mentorship from afar. I mean, Wayne Smith has had a long involvement with Kobe. Dave Rennie, his old mate from the Chiefs, is head coach this year. But Smith's is still involved as a mentor, and so he's still available to them. And he's been head coach up there before and won the title with them. So you're getting that that benefit. Wayne Peebacks, another one that's just arrived here in Crowley as well. And you know those guys bring massive experience, um, and they're far better coaches now than they are when they left New Zealand. And, and that's probably the shame of it. That um, you know, when the Super Rugby teams were, were looking around for coaches, the cupboard was fairly bare. You, you've got all these guys up in Japan, and and they offer as much um, as the players do. The two Super preseason game, two Super teams from New Zealand going up playing preseason is massive, but th- that must make some waves up in uh, Japan. But what about the likes of Adi Savia, the, the world, the best rugby player in the world, as voted best rugby player in the world? Does that make noise? in the general sports world in Japan? I, I think it's starting to. I mean, the awareness of rugby obviously took up, took off after the World Cup. There was a good base of support there, but it certainly certainly um, exploded once the, the World Cup was there and, and everyone was seeing the best players. And they, the, the wider public are aware um, of the of the players, I mean, I'm noticing it through a lot of the media that there's, there's certainly a greater awareness now, particularly when the when the top players arrive, and um, and that's great, and that impacts on crowds. I mean, the league flicked over to over the, its million spectator went through the gates last season, and that's in just two seasons, and and the first one was badly disrupted by COVID. So their aim for this season is to have a million through the gate in, in one season, and they'll probably achieve that purely because of the fact that these big stars are there and, and they offer a lot. And, and the players are often a lot more relaxed too because the pressure's not quite the same. Um, I remember Kieran Reid talking about it and saying, you know, it, it was great being able to go to the supermarket and no one knew who you were. Um, <laughs> so that, you know, that, that gives them a little bit more relaxation, but they get great support um, on the field at games. And the other thing they do up there, which is possibly unique, is that they allow uh, people to come to training. Mm. So... You know, supporters can go along and watch training. They have to register first, but they um they can go and see the guys running around hitting the tackle bags. And uh, again, that's something that uh, can't be hurting the, uh, the both the development and awareness of the game, but also the the engagement. And that's something that I feel that around the world's been lost a lot. Um, and you know, we're we're getting away from the genuineness of our engagement, as you know, staff. That's something I've been involved in a long time. And you know, engagement goes beyond just straight marketing and, and that's an aspect I think the Japanese have got right um, when Saitama won the uh, won the first league one the team they are Panasonic the Wild Knights but they'd moved to Saitama they were in a new area but 10,000 people came out to the victory parade wow. so that 
was a big big tick in the box of the the work that club's done. They, they're very very active in the um in the the community engagement, and they do some really weird things. For example, in Ketsu, um by Cooper and Wilgenia's club, one of the things they've done in the off season is they competed in the the Japanese goldfish scooping competition, <laughs> which you know, it's an annual event that's been going for about twenty eight years where. You have a set time and you've got to scoop as many goldfish as you can out of the bowl. But those are the sorts of, you know, community engagement things that the, the teams are getting up to. And, um, you know, that that's great. That's great for the game. Talking to Matt McElrath out of Japan, uh, Rugby League One. A couple of more questions. Is there an appetite or can you see on the horizon uh, a reiteration of something like the Sunwolves joining Super Rugby? Not at the moment. I think the the Japanese attitude now, they've just set up a new competition of their own and it's going well. I think the clubs want to get their own brands out there. Mm. Um, I think there's more of a desire in Japan, for example, for the Panasonic Wild Knights to be playing the Crusaders rather than uh, the Sunwolves again. The Sunwolves was a bit messy. It wasn't directly... uh, The clubs basically handed over their players. It was really only the players that wanted to play. So it wasn't a true reflection of the standard of of the Japanese club um, game and the standard of the top teams. I mean, I think um, even though the Sunwolves... Now we look at it now, and their record wasn't too bad when you compare them to Moana Pacifica after a couple of years. But um, I think, you know, the likes of Panasonic and, and Suntory would have been stronger if they'd entered the competition in their own right. But for now, I think the Japanese are more interested in an in international competition where their top clubs are participants. And, and that's why these games against the New Zealand teams are valuable for them. And the hope in Japan is that they will lead to something more formal and you know I can certainly see that coming because it's a New Zealand benefit as well as Japan's. And finally uh, Jamie Joseph has uh, come back to New Zealand. Who do you reckon might take the reins as Japanese head coach? Uh, No idea Steph. I know there's been plenty of media speculation but uh, I'm not close enough to that as I said, the, the league is a completely separate entity, so I'm not um, involved with anyone at the Japanese Rugby Union. Probably I learned you guys are probably know more than me because being being over here, we don't get we're not getting as much of the uh, of the media as to what what's going on. So um, yeah, whether whether the the, the hot favourite gets the job or whether there's someone else um, lurking in the shadows, I, I simply don't know. I mean, I think that one thing that that they do need to look at is developing their own coaches. Mm. And I think a lot of the clubs have, uh, you know, the assistants, a lot of them are Japanese. Um, and I think that that's something that they, they do need to look at. And, and, and I think the coaches, the top coaches are doing that uh, because obviously in time, the Japanese would like to have a, a Japanese national coach and, you know, Japanese assistants, that would be their, their goal. Uh, obviously, they're not, they're not quite ready for that yet. Brilliant. Matt McElwraith out of Japan Rugby League One. Looking forward to this season and so many rock stars of world rugby. I think there's going to be a lot more eyeballs on it this year even than last. There's going to be more people through the turnstiles as well. It's going well. It's a young comp, but it's doing really well. So uh, thanks heaps for your time today, Matt. Go well. Thanks, Steph. Keep well.